All right. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Do me a favor and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell for notifications of new videos whenever they go up, which happen quite frequently. And of course, comment and upvote the video itself. Participate in the conversation. This channel is all about commentary and perspectives. And we're going to add another perspective into the Ole Miss thing. Stuart Stevens um, is joining the show. He's done a little bit of political work over the years, but we're not going to get in the weeds on that. But how are you doing, Stuart? I'm doing great, man. It's great to be here. Thanks for asking me to the party. Yeah, it's a lot of fun, especially in a good year like Ole Miss is having. I think they're 16-3 and three over the last two years. I mean, that's, for lack of a better word, that's vaught-esque in Ole Miss circles. Um, so we're kind of living a little good period of Ole Miss football, don't you think? Yeah, you know, I think the golden age of sports is the first time uh, you become uh, interested in a team and follow it. And the golden age of uh, Ole Miss football for me is that 62 era, you know, the vault era. Um, that's when I was a kid growing up in Jackson. And my dad and I used to uh, walk to the games that were in Memorial Stadium um, from our house over in Belhaven. Um, and those were those were the gods of mine, you know. Those those uh, that that team and those uh, incredible run they had. So it's it's wonderful to see um, Ole Miss on this kind of streak. Uh, it's 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 great for Oxford. It's great for the whole state, um, and for the various uh, fan base spread around the country. It makes us feel better every day waking up. Okay, if you were in Bellhaven and at that time period you were Ole Miss football, I've got a question for you. Did you attend the Jackson Massacre? No. What was the Jackson Massacre? I don't know what it is. Uh, 1969, Ole Miss, Tennessee, Archie Manning. Oh, you know, I did go to that game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I didn't know that's how it was referred to. Uh, Mm. But I graduated uh, in 70 uh, from Murrah. And, um, you know, that's uh, Archie was in those uh, all-star games that they would have um, at the end of the year. Um, so, you know, he was sort of a legend before he went to Ole Miss. Yeah, um, I saw one highlight of him in high school. I think he wore like number 14 and all that and him running yeah. around on his Book of Manning documentary. That was really right. cool. That's a great show. That's, mm-hmm. that's, I love that thing. And, you know, people – in my opinion, before we get into this season and what's going on, my opinion, the fact that Jackson was there and we got the ability to go there, part of my love for Ole Miss stemmed from the fact that I just had to go up 49 for 15 minutes. You know, right. the immaculate deflection and all that, that that was my childhood era. Uh, but the stadium being in Jackson and being as big as it was, I think that was at the detriment of Vault Hemingway Stadium and even Scott Field to some ex- uh, extent mm-hmm. because so many of the big games were played in that stadium and then all of a sudden you look up in Oxford and Starkville and the capacity is like 30,000 30, and right. there was really no need to expand it. Yeah, I've never really understood how that, you would know this, how that shift came. Um where they were going to hold all the games in Oxford instead of uh, Memorial Stadium. Um, but the feel of the games in Oxford now uh, is, is different. I mean, I think it's great for the community and, and great to have it there, you know, right in the hometown. All right, let's look back at the game against Kentucky this weekend. Ole Miss was able to pull off a 22-19 to win. And really, 
at times looked fairly dominant in the game. And it didn't go and it got a little bit close in the second half and the offense kind of sputtered. But what do you think about the overall situation in that game and that win in particular? Well, listen, brother, uh, I just kept uh, hanging on to my Stephen Willis prediction that they were going to win by three, I think. So, uh, you know, I figured, like, you, you've been right all year, so why be wrong now? You gave me a lot of, <laughs> a lot of confidence going in that last quarter. Um, look, I, I, this is a, a terrific team, I think. Um, I find it incredible uh, that a 19-year-old quarterback is performing at this kind of level on this stage. That, to me, was the big story out of, uh, you know, the first four games. Uh, I guess he started in, uh, or really the full time on the third game, or was it, the, I guess, the third game, the fourth game? Um, just the confidence that he had um, and his ability. He's just such a good athlete. Hmm. You know, his ability to run and uh, just sort of, you could see the players respond to him. And man, I mean, to have a, a kid that young with uh, some good years ahead of him, uh, if he stays healthy, I, I think it's tremendous for Ole Miss. Yeah, it, it, the, he's the first Gatorade National Player of the Year that has ever attended Ole Miss. And it, there's yeah. some throws and some plays where he absolutely flashes that ability. And whenever he becomes that completed project, it could be quite interesting to see, in my opinion. Yeah, you know, you've talked about this, uh, and I found it really interesting, um, but how the entire game has changed, what it must be like to take, what is half the team is transfers now or something? Mm. Some, um, it's it's or about 40 players or something, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just, uh, as, as a feat of sort of team building and coaching, that just seems to me to be such a high difficulty to bring all these kids together from different systems, um, to buy into your system, to buy into each other and really perform as a team. Um, man, I, I just think it's a very different job um, than what coaching traditionally has been. And, you know, Giffen seems to do it well. There's something mm -hmm. about his nature that, and manner that seems to respond, that kids seem to respond to and equate with. Um, you know, I think it's a balance between trying to seem cool like these kids when I look at these you know posts that he puts up would still be the guy who's looked up to his coach you know it's not like you're trying to be just a cool dad who wants to just be accepted and he seems to have that sweet spot he you know he seems very comfortable in himself now and I think that reads uh, to the team and the players um, and the fans yeah I think that's the underrated thing like um, I'm 46 years old now um, but once you hit about 42 or 43 years old, there's just a switch that flips and yeah. you automatically become comfortable in your own skin and you quit trying to be something that you're not. And life just seems to become so much easier at that point. Yeah, I listen, I look back to, you know, the 20s and well, first I'm most grateful that there wasn't Facebook or anything that preserved those moments <laughs> right. around. Um, but uh, I, I agree. I think you hit a certain level where um you can kind of see things around the corner better and put things in perspective better. Um, you know, it's a fascinating year of the way he reassembled the uh, uh, offensive and defensive coordinators. Um, and, you know, I thought Jordan did a great job last year, but then you look at A&M, not so great. You don't know how much was this was uh, coming from Giffen himself and the kind of system that he was able to uh, put together and make them work in. Um, 
it's impressive. I had my doubts with uh, two new uh, big uh, offensive and defensive coordinator positions being filled, but I don't know, man. They yeah. uh, they seem to be seem to be doing what it takes. Yeah, and the thing that Ole Miss fans should take from this game is the fact that even though they didn't play particularly well offensively, they just won a top ten game. That shows you how talented this team is. Yeah, I, the quality of athletes out there, mm-hmm. um, from you know the aggression and the speed, um, man, seeing that defense, like getting that safety, and the way that they were up and at that uh, quarterback, who was you know what they say he may go first in the draft, second in the draft, obviously a huge talent. Um, it was great, and it was great to see the crowd in the game the way it was. Hmm. And I, I really think it probably made a difference there at the end. Yeah, I was skeptical of the whole stripe out thing. I didn't, if you know, right. you've been an Ole Miss fan for years. You know, it's difficult to get all of them to do one thing at yes. one time. So whenever you put them a stripe, you just have you're just going to have to be skeptical about it. But it looked fairly good. Now there was about 14 shades of blue, but blue <laughs> is blue. We'll take that. That's close enough. But the red looked really good, and and the atmosphere really came off. Now, you wrote a book a couple years back um, about family and Ole Miss and all that. Why why don't you do a little bit and talk about that? Well, you know, when I was growing up, uh, Stephen, one of the ways that my dad and I really bonded was through Ole Miss football. Uh, He had gone to Ole Miss. My mom had gone to Ole Miss. My granddad had gone to Ole Miss. Um, and grew up there, like you're saying, in Belhaven, where we could walk to a lot of the games at Memorial Stadium. And my parents were big party givers, so they'd always have these uh, parties before these games in Jackson. I can remember that growing up as a kid. Kentucky was always a big game. Arkansas, you know, they'd always do some, like, hog roast. Um, And it was a way that, uh, you know, you could communicate and spend time with uh, my dad without – talking about anything, but talking about everything at the same time. Um, and in, in 19, oh, 2013, my dad had just turned 95, um, and I had just turned 60, and I had just been involved in the Romney campaign uh, in 2012. And if you hadn't heard, we lost. Um, so, you know, I was really at that point kind of thinking, like, what is this all about? And um, what asking myself a lot of questions. I've been involved in big campaigns that you won, and I found that you didn't really question much, but losing does make you question. So um, I had this idea that my dad and I and my mother, which gave it a kind of driving Miss Daisy quality, um, were going to go to all the Ole Miss games. And uh, I didn't originally start out uh, thinking it was a book, but as I did it, it, you know, I'd written other books, and it just seemed like a great story to tell. So that's what we did. We spent the 2013 season going to all the Ole Miss games. And, you know, that season, they had that long stretch of home games. Um, so we sort of set up residence at the end at Ole Miss, um, which was great for them. They were like back being students, you know. Um, and it was a wonderful time to uh, really get to spend a lot of time with both my parents. Um, you know, they, they had both of them were gone now, but they had great runs. They lasted, you know, almost to 98. Um, can't ask for anything more. And it was, uh, you know, I, I, Ole Miss, the story of Ole Miss, I, I think, is such a powerful one. I mean, it's probably the most southern university in the most southern state. And when you just think about the societal changes from, you know, 
the post-Kentucky game in 1962, the riot at Ole Miss, to today walking through uh, the, the Walk of Champions uh, with that you know diverse team that looks a lot more like Mississippi, uh, a crowd that looks a lot more like Mississippi. I actually, you know, being there and seeing it back in 2000, I found it very moving. It was a very positive statement about change. And, you know, say what you will about, you know, I mean, Ole Miss is first place to say they're not perfect. But I, I really think that the school deserves a lot of credit for asking themselves a lot of hard questions going through that period that they went through of, you know, dealing with the Ole Miss rebel and the Confederate um, iconography. Uh, that's a hard thing to do. Um, and to, to get through that uh, and keep a fan base and really bring the, keep the school together. Um, I, I admire it a lot. Um, and it, it's just something about, if you're lucky enough to be able to connect with a, a child or a parent over something like sports, I think it really becomes a, a lifelong uh, connection. I mean, you know, I later I went on to college. I didn't go to Ole Miss, I went to college later. And I lived mostly outside of Mississippi. But I don't think there were many Ole Miss games that my dad and I weren't talking all through the game. Um, in fact, you know, I miss my dad every day, but I really miss him the most of these days, particularly when Ole Miss has a great game. Uh, it just seems so weird not to be able to share it with him. Yeah, I, I do the same thing. My dad, is seen, he's, he's gotten up to the point where he's in his mid-70s. Uh, but we're still, like after the Kentucky game, I got the text message from my dad that said Lane Kiffin lucked out. And I was like, okay, Bob, you know. Uh, I love he just, yeah, just the way it is, like, okay, Bob. And, um, but it's, it's really cool. What, what is the name of the book for anybody that's watching this that might want to go try and find it? Yeah, it's called The Last Season uh, A Father, a Son, and a Lifetime of College Football. Uh, published 2014, I guess, by Knopf. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that, and I'm hopefully I'll have a copy of that here pretty quick. Um, so I'm pretty fired up about that. But, Stuart, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, I do want to let everybody know they can get more on the SEC by making Locked On SEC your second listen. Everyday host Chris Gordy and his local experts of Locked On take you across the SEC in 30 minutes. Make Locked On SEC your second listen. Listen every day. Locked on SEC. Stuart, good time, big time pleasure. Hopefully we can do this again soon. Listen, Stephen, I love you, man. And I actually do listen to you first thing. So uh, I'm right there in that sweet spot. Love what you're doing, man. Keep it up. All right. Appreciate it, man. I'll talk to you later.